Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. It's Wednesday. Yes, it is. October 5. Yes. Year of our Lord, 2022. Still. Still. That's exactly right. Not for much longer. But still. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So here we are, hump day, middle of the week, you know, heading downhill from here. But uh, here we are on uh, Wednesday. I guess we're going to talk about Psalm 58 again. That's what we've been talking about all week long. We're going to do it for three more conversations. <laughs> three more days. Which is tough. And a psalm like this one seems to have just one point. It does. <laughs> We're, we're gonna... Well, it doesn't lack for clarity. It does not. Though it is full of poetic imagery. It is. It is. Let's see how the NIV translators translate that imagery. So Psalm 58, for the director of music to the tune of Do Not Destroy, of David, a miktam. Do you rulers indeed speak justly? Do you judge uprightly among men? No. In your heart you devise injustice, and your hands mete out violence on the earth. Even from birth the wicked go astray. From the womb they are wayward and speak lies. Their venom is like the venom of a snake, like that of a cobra that has stopped its ears, that will not heed the tune of the charmer, however skillful the enchanter may be. Break the teeth in their mouths, O God. Tear out, O Lord, the fangs of the lions. Let them vanish like water that flows away. When they draw the bow, let their arrows be blunted, like a slug melting away as it moves along. Like a stillborn child, may they not see the sun. Before your pots can feel the heat of the thorns, whether they be green or dry, the wicked will be swept away. The righteous will be glad when they are avenged, when they bathe their feet in the blood of the wicked. Then men will say, surely the righteous still are rewarded. Surely there is a God who judges the earth. As you're reading this today, I'm, I'm just drawn again to verses 4 and verse 5 and the idea of a cobra uh, that is being charmed, except it won't be charmed. Right. I'm thinking, man, alive, the, the entertainments and of kings in the old days. And how long have people been charming snakes? Uh, it's just wild to me. Well, let's just talk about that snake for a moment, because okay. here's the word serpent, mm-hmm. and earlier in the text, it had talked about the children or sons of man. Mm-hmm. Guess what the word for man is there? Serpent? No. Oh, okay. No. It's like, no, I was no. going to be really confused. But Adam. Ah. Sons of Adam. So sons here's of this, Adam. Here's, so here are these judges, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit questionable, or is it uh, the sons of men that are judging, or are they being judged? But still, it's this, you've got Adam, mm-hmm. and, and now you've got these judges behaving like a serpent. Serpent. In connection with Adam. Yeah. I, I think we a might rebel be... rebel serpent that will not be charmed, will not be tamed. Exactly. I think we may be having a callback to the garden hmm. of these judges are behaving like a serpent. Okay. And we, we know who the serpent is. Yeah. We, we know that in the beginning, a serpent came into the garden who was not charmed, who would not listen, who would not perform justice, and in fact, then got Adam and Eve mm-hmm. to commit injustice, to commit sin, violating God's will. Here's what we have is a picture of judges who are behaving like Satan. A bunch of devils. And that, that, that ties together, though, with the point you made yesterday, that when the judges... When they have a miscarriage of justice, which is what I'm really wanting to think about today, when the judges miscarry justice, 
it's not just them sinning. They actually perpetrate sin throughout the people, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what the serpent in the garden did. He didn't just violate God's will. He led others to violate God's will, which, of course, caused those others to be driven from the land. Mm -hmm. And then that was perpetrated from Adam and Eve to their sons and on throughout the people. This picture of these judges to be like the cobras that can't be charmed, I mean, it's one of many pictures here about just their utter corruption. You know, when you you go back to verse 2, they're workers of wickedness, but in their hearts. And it's violence that they're meeting out on all the land. Instead of peace. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, But even in that heart, that they are not seeking God, that they are not right with the Lord and interested in His ways. Keep in mind, as with all imprecations, and and I I will probably say this a couple times in the remainder of the week, all imprecations in the Psalms should be seen through the window of the very first one, which was in Psalm 7 and verse 12, where it pointed out that if they don't repent, God will wet his sword. So let's keep that in mind. Certainly what we really want is for judges to repent. In fact, that's what this psalm is supposed to do. It's supposed to call them to repentance. I would think that this psalm, you know, when when they heard this song to the tune of Do Not Destroy, well, there's some hope in that, isn't it? Hey, why don't you listen to this very convicting language, quite on the nose, rebuke and upbraided. Especially recognizing that it's a psalm of David. Mm-hmm. And whether of David here means that David himself was the author or in the style of David or reminiscent of David, we remember that David, as one of the judges of God's people, actually had one of the greatest miscarriages of justice he did. in his life yeah. when he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And then instead of instead of judging himself for adultery, he's not the one that dies, Uriah dies. That was Bathsheba's husband. The perfectly innocent Uriah, at least innocent in this case. And so here's David carrying out or miscarrying justice. And yet here's a psalm about judgment against unjust judges. I think with all of that together, like you said, sung to the tune of do not destroy, which on Monday we talked about reminding us of Moses calling on God, look, yeah. please forgive their sin. Don't don't utterly destroy them. Isaiah. There's a blessing. There's yeah. a covenant. We, we find that exact same thing here, and so there is hope. This is meant to call unjust judges to repentance. And maybe there's a good lesson there, just to remember, that when we read those things in the Bible, which are um, scary, hard for us to read, that uh, it, it is coming from a place, ultimately, that the Lord does seek repentance and is just going to be very open and forthright about what judgment means when he comes in judgment, that our, our God is a consuming fire, and it is fearful to fall in the hands of the living God. For me, one of the greatest examples of that is actually with Jonah and Nineveh, Hmm. because Jonah, I'm not sure how many people notice this, and I I hear this misstated all the time. Jonah did not go to Nineveh and proclaim repentance. He didn't say that, did he? Jonah went to Nineveh and proclaimed judgment. Mm -hmm. He didn't say, unless you repent in 40 days, you're going to be judged. He said, 40 days and y'all are going to be judged. Yeah. And it brought repentance. And because they repented, God removed the judgment, which Jonah got all mad about and said, ah, see, I knew that. I knew that's the kind of God you are. I went and told them they were all going to be destroyed, and you decided to forgive them. Yeah. And God, of course, has to take him through a learning process well, about forgiveness and love, even of enemies. Yeah. And, and there's, a, there's a place for people to be warned, you know, about hellfire and about brimstone. And it's, again, the reason for it is to produce repentance. Repentance. So we find that here. However, of course, if they don't repent, 
if they double down, if they continue on, what they need to understand is, all right, then cursings are going to come. If you're going to double down in the miscarriage of justice, if you're not going to hear this warning and repent and start speaking rightly, start devising righteousness, start start meeting out peace instead of violence, if you're not, then this is the kind of judgment that is going to come upon you. And wow, like there's seven curses here. He wants their teeth broken. He wants them to vanish like water in a desert, which is really what's meant there, even though the word desert I don't think is is mentioned. He wants their arrows blunted. Any arrows that they fire off, blunt those arrows. arrows. He wants them dissolve like a snail or a snail's track. He wants them like a stillborn child to never see the sun. He wants them to burn up like a thorn bush. Now, there's a lot of question about the interpretation, the translation of that sentence, but it, it still comes down to sweep them away quickly. Sweep them away quickly. Yeah. And, and this is all the judgment that he wants brought to judges and rulers who will miscarry justice, who have a pattern of mm-hmm. miscarrying justice, who instead of representing God well, mm-hmm. they, they mete out violence, partiality, bribes. He says, this is the kind of judgment. Repent, repent. But if you don't, understand what's coming. Well, and, and I think about for the people who have suffered at the hands of the injustice, um, and, and David writes almost you know, from the view of someone who certainly has because he's calling for God to judge, and we may wonder, well, who judges the judge? You know, There's nowhere I can appeal to. There's nowhere I can turn to. It's God. Right. It's God who will bring ultimate justice. And if we look around in the world around us and what we see is injustice, we see justice miscarried again and again and again, what, what we have from David is we know that God is going to make this right in mm-hmm. the end. We yes. know that God is going yes. to make this right in the end. I, I recognize that in a democracy and a republic as in which we live now, there are things that we can do legally that we try to help with justice being carried out. I'm not saying any of that is wrong, but I think we are supposed to recognize David's point is we are going to see a lot of injustice, Yeah. But, but judgment is coming and God will make that right. Yeah. God will make that right. He's not going to let that go unaddressed. And there will be a point in time when we can say, oh, there is a God who judges on the earth. Yeah. There is a God who has this in hand well, and takes care of this. And a reward for the righteous. Because what happens when you see injustice again and again and again is you start to feel like I must be a fool to keep trying to live according to God's way or appeal to God. Mm. But no, ultimately it is the just who will understand there is a reward for the righteous. There is. Now I want to I want to take a turn here. <laughs> Because we've been talking about this just here with Psalm 58, but I can't help remember where we were in season three. We just read, before this season got started, we, we read the letter of James. Yes. And there, there's a passage in James that, as I've been reading this about miscarrying justice and judging with evil thoughts and, and not having proper motives, I'm remembering something we read in James. It was in James chapter two, beginning at verse one. My brothers... Show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, You sit here in a good place while you say to the poor man, You stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Mm. Wow. So when we read James, been a long time since I'd read Psalm 58. 
I didn't read James 2 in the context of Psalm 58. Well, no. but, but now that we've come back to Psalm 58 very shortly after James 2, when James says you have become judges with evil thoughts, in Psalm 58, I see what happens to judges with evil thoughts. Here's God's view of judges with evil thoughts, right? And, and the partiality. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about people who have a role as judge. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that yesterday we brought up just the law of loving your neighbor in Leviticus 19, which James brings up so much. Yeah. And how we're not supposed to do injustice. We're not supposed to be partial. We're supposed to love our neighbor. We're supposed to love our brothers and sisters. And that means we don't have prejudice or we get rid of prejudices and partiality. We, we get yeah. rid of that kind of discrimination that, um, that judges between people based on things like socioeconomic class, that judges between people like based on the color of their skin, based on their level of education, yeah. mm-hmm. based on the accent they have or the language they speak. He says you need to get rid of those things because if you're going to be partial, you have become a judge with evil motives and we know that Psalm 58 says, well, if you're a judge with evil motives, what you better do is repent. Yeah. Because judgment is coming. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and, of course, that's actually what James says by yeah. the time he got done with his letter. Yeah, it is. Judgment is it coming. Is. So we need Without, to without using the viper imagery. But, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's right. right. And right. this is a really important connection to make. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Text Talk today. We'd love to hear what you're learning from the psalm. As always, you can reach us by sending an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, or jump over to the Facebook discussion page, going through the paths of righteousness in our readings. Um, love to hear from you. Let's have a word of prayer. A great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for this time in your word. Thank you, Father, for helping us to to see these connections, that it's not in the far-off distant past, Father, that you were mindful of miscarriages of justice, but the Father, that, that that is a sin before you. And whether we find ourselves in formal positions of authority or even in our dealings with our fellow men and our brethren, Father, help us to not be partial, to be not be prejudiced, but to, to see people, Father, as truly those image bearers of you created in the image of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.